Hello and happy Wednesday. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And this is Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. It's not just any Wednesday this week, guys. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Ugh, I'm so excited. I'm going (laughs) to eat so much. (laughs) It's funny because, I mean, I might get some hate for this, but I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. At least we don't really celebrate that much anymore. Although this year the World Cup is on and football is on. So we're going to be watching the World Cup and some football all day, which is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, football's on every year, but yeah, yeah. We have done a Friendsgiving for like the past six years. So this is like our first Thanksgiving being home in like, I think seven years now. So it's going to be wild, but I'm very excited. We split the day between Tyler's family and my family. And then, uh, yeah, we have like a Friendsgiving this weekend. So we have a lot happening. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, we, um, we usually for Thanksgiving, at least we've been staying up here in New Jersey the last few years now. So what we do is we basically order a bunch of random foods from like we either get like greek food or um indian food and stuff like that and then we get like um chinese food and stuff like that and we just kind of have a smorgasbord of a bunch of stuff which is fun that's fun i love that yeah but this year we just got back from disney and universal so for what event (laughs) I am having a mental breakdown, guys, because Maya turned five last week. She's five, y'all. My baby is five. Y'all remember our first Maya's Corner and she was three and now she's five. (laughs) I feel like you can probably hear my heart breaking in the background. It's like, literally, (laughs) that is my heart. She's such a cool kid, though. She's like so smart and so sweet. She's my baby. She's so cute. Yeah, so we went to Disney World, we went to Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Magic Kingdom for her birthday, and then um, Jackie and I went to Universal the next day, and we had so much fun. Universal is the best. Universal's (laughs) amazing. Um, I'm not even a huge Harry Potter fan, but we got like... I got a wand. I don't even. I, I've seen the first Harry Potter, and that's it. And I got a. You wand. got swindled. You got yes. swindled into it. You were like, I'm feeling the magic. <laughs> we like rode the train into Hogwarts and stuff. I was like, you're a wizard, Lexi. Like that's so cool though, because like yeah. California Universal doesn't have all that. Like it has oh. Diagon Alley and. Like, you can go up into the castle for mm. Flight of the Hippogriff, I think. And, yeah, so you can go up there, like, into, like, the ride. But yeah. they don't have a train. They don't have, like, a lot of, apparently, what's really cool about the Florida Universal, which is, like, their Harry Potter world is way bigger and way more involved. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little jealous because I do really want to go to Florida Universal <laughs> and experience, like, all of their cool attractions and how much yeah. bigger they are. Dude, it was sick. And I haven't been. I've only been to Universal one time. And I went 10 years ago. So it's been a long time. 
And even Disney, like I've only been to Disney three times so far. And the first time I went was for my 21st birthday. So like Universal was a whole new world to me. I'm like, I'm so used to Disney. First of all, Disney was packed. I believe it. But I did love the rides that we went on. Florida Disney is really cool too. So yeah, you just got like the full package. Yeah. I still want to go to Disneyland though, because I've never been on that side of the world with Disney or like even Disney World Paris or whatever and like stuff like that would be a lot of fun. I've heard Disney World Paris is beautiful and incredible. Disneyland is awesome just for like the history of knowing this was the first Disney and like all of that, like seeing the original, you know, castle and I think it's Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's cool for like the history and knowing like this is the OG yeah yeah I don't know it's like when you're like okay I'm going through Disney but then I could go to Universal or I could go to Adventureland and it's like "Eh, that's more my speed (laughs) because I don't know I like the exciting rides so like I like to go on roller coasters or like thrill rides so right speaking of rides guys I finally went on the Haunted Mansion. You did? It was so much fun. So fun. (laughs) I honestly, like, blew my mind, the graphics, and how cool it was. But I do, I'm just going to give my top five. Just do real it. quick. Do I'm going to get my top five because we did a lot of rides. Honestly, this is going to be our whole episode today. Just me reminiscing <laughs> about the 80 degree weather because I am frozen right now. Literally. So... My number one ride was the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. It was like a roller coaster, but the the chairs that you're in kind of spin like the teacups. And so it's like you're dropping down these hills and stuff. And it's yeah. like a whole Guardians of the Galaxy storyline, which is really cool. That one's like brand new. That just yeah. real, like opened. I've never even ridden that. And I've been to Disney like as of February, I think, of this yeah. year. And it wasn't even open when I was there. So that's pretty cool. It was sick. And then my second favorite was Pandora, the I forget what it's called, but it's like a simulator um, virtual reality thing where you sit on a bike and it's like you're flying one of the banshees through Pandora world. Oh, cool. So dope. Third favorite was Ratatouille. It was like a Ratatouille (laughs) like adventure where it's almost like you're shrunken down and you're running away from the chef's like like Remy is it was so cute what that is so fun it was really cute and then Haunted Mansion obviously because that was really cool and then Pirates of the Caribbean yeah Pirates of the Caribbean is a really fun ride yeah and it's like right next to Haunted Mansion so it's like really convenient yeah (laughs) but honestly I will say like above all my favorite was definitely Universal because I got to meet the Grinch you sure did. Lex texted me like, you will never believe who I just met. And I was like, tell who? me right now. You said who? And I said, not who. What? A what? <laughs> I was like, how dare you? I was so excited for you. I yes. have been to Universal like right after Grinchmas and right yes. before Grinchmas. And I have never been during Grinchmas. And I'm so jealous. <laughs> It was beautiful. We're basically together now. Like he told me, I mean, I came in and I had a Grinch popcorn holder because of course I did. (laughs) And he was like, it's our baby. Don't tell Martha May. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are one. Obsessed. Did they have the whole Whoville like out and like the whole set? 
They did. And they also had a bunch of people walking around that were dressed like who's and they were decorating uh, and singing songs. And it was so cute. I probably would have been a puddle on the pavement. Yes. Like I would have been sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, so another just real quick, guys, I'm so sorry for this intro, but you know what? I'm so excited. So we also got to see Jurassic Park and I got to meet Blue, the velociraptor. Oh, that's such a fun attraction. Yes. I got to meet Spider-Man and his suit was a little too tight and I was definitely looking, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We got to see like the Transformers and the Fast and the Furious. And honestly, I forgot how much stuff Universal has. Yeah. So it was, it was sick. And I got butterbeer from Hogwarts and like just living my best life, guys. I'm so happy that you just had the best time. Yes. And then we all got COVID and now we're on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, what was Maya's favorite ride? Maya's favorite. I don't even know if she liked the rides that much, but she got to meet Rapunzel and Tiana. And so like oh, her whole love. life was just made. Yeah. Oh, her faves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, for rides, though, I think maybe Ratatouille as well, because everyone enjoyed that a lot. And then she also really liked the Frozen ride that we went on. What? There's a Frozen ride? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Frozen ride. And it was so cute because it's like you're in a boat. You're. It's not fast at all. It's like very kid friendly as well. But it does have like two dips that are really quick that you don't expect because it's like a boat and it's just riding up and down these like hills or whatever and then all of a sudden it stops and then your boat like shift shifts lanes and then you're all of a sudden going backwards and like down a hill and stuff it was really cool though that's so fun yeah do you know my boating experience at disney what? <laughs> my parents came out to visit us when we had just moved to LA. So we'd only been in LA for like six months and my parents yeah. came out to visit and they were like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect time. Let's go to Disney. We've never been to Disney. And so we all went together. Yeah. And while we're there, my mom goes, oh my God, when I was a kid, we used to ride It's a Small World all the time. <gasps> so let's go ride It's a Small no. World. And so we get on it and like, Right when we're getting to like the very last bit of it, the ride shuts down. Like the <gasps> ride fully stops. Like I don't know if somebody fell out of a boat or if somebody oh, had no. like a medical emergency, but we're like sitting there in a tunnel while these creepy animatronics are just singing It's a Small World oh, after no. all, all around us. And I was like, I'm about to just get out and like wade my way through the water and like get out of oh, this my thing. Gosh. So that's my experience with boats at Disney. <laughs> just full trauma. <laughs> Oh no. You sound like you sound like me in Jurassic Park when I was like 10 when we went to Universal <laughs> last time. Like literally in a boat going through Jurassic Park just hiding because the dinosaurs <laughs> were so terrifying. But oh my gosh, it was so much fun and we had so much good food. I'm like I have no idea what the heck I'm going to do with myself now. Like probably just wither away, eat Duncan, <laughs> Duncan three meals a day for the next three weeks and just cry um yeah so it was like a it was a huge hugely fun time and Maya got to stay in a hotel where they get to have like giraffes and stuff out back like she got That's to stay so cool. in Animal Kingdom <laughs> um 
So, yeah, she's five. So I'm just <laughs> sobbing. That's just like, that's the that's the end here, guys. It's yes. just a full circle. She's five and we can't handle it. <laughs> I know. And I think the saddest part about that is like, Steph and I always talk about how one of our favorite memories together is my fifth birthday mm-hmm. and how we got to dress up and we had so much fun and we literally have it on camera, just us being crazy and enjoying our tea party and having a great time. I literally still remember that day. And now my. <laughs> is five yeah it's weird like Like, that's weird like we remember when we were five and everything that we did at that party that's crazy it's time bro (laughs) it do be marching on oh my gosh someone glitched the matrix so we can go back well we are about to go back i'm gonna segue to 2012 because there aren't many thanksgiving films out there we're back on track do you like that do you like that segue do you like that do you like that little move right there no (laughs) we pivot (laughs) like a boat in disney (laughs) speaking of disney i'm glad you brought it back up no we're not (laughs) (laughs) okay uh, fine so we're gonna be rewatching and reviewing the 2012 dreamworks film rise of the guardians a movie filled with all kinds of holiday fun (laughs) i mean i guess i guess we can get on with it So first, we'll dive into some behind-the-scenes info and fun facts about the making of this film, and we'll get into our review and see if this holds up 10 years after its release. Rise of the Guardians is a 2012 American 3D computer-animated fantasy action-adventure film, holy moly, produced by DreamWorks Animation and distributed by Paramount Pictures. It was directed by Peter Ramsey in his feature directorial debut. Ramsey later went on to co-direct Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in 2018. Just a reminder, guys, I met Spider-Man. So the screenplay (laughs) for Rise of the Guardians was written by David Lindsay Abair from Rabbit Hole and Robots and based on the book series called The Guardians of Childhood and the short film The Man in the Moon. Both works were by William Joyce. And a quick fun fact, William Joyce also gave us Roly Poly Oli and Ah. worked on some Pixar films like Toy Story and A Bug's Life. He's also apparently working on an animated retelling of The Great Gatsby, which is to be announced when that release day will come. But that sounds great. Wow. Roly Poly Oli. Wow. Small and something and round. (laughs) I think it's small and short and round. (laughs) I think. I guess. I don't know. And in a land of swirls and twirls, he's the smallest kid around. Something like that. Yeah. No, we would watch that in Lex's living room for like years. (laughs) And just bounce off the walls. Like that and bear in the big blue house. Stop it. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Good friends. Goodbye. Because Maya is now five. Okay, we're going to keep moving because Lex is just going to keep crying the whole podcast. So to say Rise of the Guardians has an all-star cast is an understatement. Sticking to the main cast, the film stars Chris Pine as Jack Frost, Alec Baldwin as Santa, Isla Fisher as the Tooth Fairy, Hugh Jackman as the Easter Bunny, and Jude Law as the Boogeyman. Whew. Honestly, iconic. (laughs) Amazing. So the film had its premiere on October 10th, 2012 at the Mill Valley Film Festival in Mill Valley, California, followed by the international premiere at the International Rome Film Festival on November 13th, 2012. I just love how that was like the Mill Mill Valley Film Festival in Mill Valley. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. At the International. These are all very apt names. (laughs) Yeah, very fitting, honestly. 
Um, Under Distribution by Paramount Pictures, which was actually the last DreamWorks film to do so, Rise of the Guardians was released on November 21st, 2012 in American theaters. It grossed $306.9 million on a $145 million budget, but luckily had more luck with home video sales. Rise of the Guardians won a few awards, including two Annie Awards, one award from the Hollywood Film Festival, one Satellite Award, and a few more. The film hasn't resulted in any sequels yet, but the author, William Joy, said he's been discussing a sequel with DreamWorks since 2013. No! The film also resulted in a video game release available on the Wii, Wii U, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Nintendo DS, and Nintendo 3DS. Guys, we'll get into it, but this is one film I feel like they should not touch. I completely agree. I completely agree. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. So if you haven't seen this in a decade, or if you've never seen the Earth's Mightiest Magical Heroes team up to fight evil, here's a plot summary written by DreamWorks Animation <laughs> on IMTP. Thank you so okay. much for popping in, DreamWorks. <laughs> Thank you so much for lending us your knowledge. Yes, they made a cameo on IMTP. <laughs> When an evil spirit known as Pitch lays down the gauntlet to take over the world, the immortal guardians must join forces for the first time to protect the hopes, beliefs, and imaginations of children all over the world. I mean, it's no Jay Welch summary, but it'll do. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's fine. (laughs) All right, well, let's jump into our fun facts. All right. So our first fun fact is that aside from the Guardians and Pitch, none of the adult characters' faces are clearly seen in this movie. That's so true. I watched this with Tyler and he was like, why don't we see any of the adults in this movie? Like there are no adults. None of them. None. (laughs) It's so strange. And honestly, sometimes I wish that we didn't see the kids because their faces creep me out a little bit. (laughs) I like that their faces creep you out, but don't you watch like... You watch the Polar Express. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously. I think the Polar Express kids are creepier. <laughs> <laughs> See, my thing is the Polar Express kids are at least proportionate. Like, these DreamWorks movies and these new animated movies, like, this one's okay because the eyes aren't crazy big, like, tangled or, like, frozen. Yeah. But <laughs> something about the eyes and, like, the weird, like, ugh, like round faces <laughs> on everyone, I don't like it. I don't like it. oh man having a day you're having such a day dude (laughs) lex nothing will make her happy today everything everything is torture she's not at disney so she's unhappy and my dog gunner just farted which makes things worse (laughs) like what did he eat i don't understand So my first and only fun fact is that in one scene, the tooth fairy finds a mouse beneath a pillow and identifies it as one of us European division. Ratoncito, Little Mouse Perez, Mm -hmm. or The Tooth Mouse, is a children's book character created by Spanish author Luis Coloma in 1894, said to replace lost baby teeth with gifts in Spain, Portugal, France, Italy, and Latin America. In the Spanish dub of this movie, the mouse is even called Perez, which is like such a cute little detail to put in. I love that so much. So cute. 
Oh, so our last fun fact is that this film was released the day before Thanksgiving in 2012, and we're reviewing it the day before Thanksgiving now. Yay! Wow, exactly 10 years later. <laughs> Yay! You guys, honestly, we tried to find more fun facts, but they were horrible. Like, one of the ones that I found said something like, well, you know, they called the Easter Bunny a giant kangaroo. Because he was voiced by Hugh Jackman, who was Australian. Australian. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a lot of like, if you guys go on like the IMDb trivia, it's just like this person almost played this character. And it's like 40 lines of just like all the potential actors who could have been in this movie. Water is wet. (laughs) (laughs) The only one that was interesting to me was that Leonardo DiCaprio was mentioned many times. Apparently he was... He was cast in it and then dropped out during production. So mm-hmm. that would have been interesting if his voice was in this. I wonder if it would have done better, honestly, like yeah. in theaters, knowing that he was the lead. Definitely. So let's get into it because I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> How long has it been since you've seen this? I saw this in 2012 when it came out. I think you were the one who showed it to me. Was Either I? you you and Jackie, I think, showed this to me because I, I mean, probably had not heard of it or like planned on seeing it. One of our yeah. cousins showed this to me. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's you because you are the most likely culprit in every situation. Say, so. Probably. I'm always the one that's like, let's go see Joker. Let's go see this yeah. movie. And you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. I I'll guess. go. Um, but yeah, somebody showed this to me because they were like, oh, my gosh, have you seen this? It's so good. And I was like, no. And like, I'm kind of weird about introducing new like animations and holiday movies into my life. Yeah. And yeah, I watched it in 2012 and I remembered loving it when I watched mm-hmm. it. So I was very excited to go back and watch it now. So I'm glad you're here today. I just want to know um, why it's taken so long for you <laughs> to watch it again, Steph. I don't know. This is know. your intervention. I don't know. I think it's like I just forgot that it existed until we wow. decided to redo it. And that I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that movie. Wow. I mean, I'm here now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> For a film she claims to love, ladies and gentlemen, she uh, forgot it existed. <laughs> um there's hope for our future yet, Steph. Yeah. Like, what about you, though? When is the last time you watched this? Because it sounds like you watch this a lot. <laughs> I do. I watch this probably once every few months. I actually really like this movie, and it's very Aww. kid-friendly for Maya, so she likes it a lot, too. I think the thing that makes this so cool, like, to kids and stuff, is seeing the characters that they love. Like, how many movies do we see the Easter Bunny in? How many movies do we see the Tooth Fairy in? And, like, they're not super cheesy. You know, like, I feel like this is a good movie to show kids because not only does it have, like, all these magical people in it, but it's also very, like, it's cool. It has a cool take on them. And it kind of makes them more, like, superheroes than anything, which I think is a cool twist. Totally. Like, Santa literally has tattoos that say naughty and nice on his arms. Like, how cool is that? (laughs) He's so dope. He's so cool. But, like, with all these characters... Which one would you want to, like, have the powers of? Like, which one has your favorite ability? I don't know. I think I would really like to have probably Santa's abilities. 
Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, because he was really cool. Like he literally carved ice and it turned into a toy. And he's just very good at like seeing the wonder and everything. Like at one point he says that that's his gift. That's his center. And I'm over here like I think my center is literally cheese. Like I am a mozzarella <laughs> stick that is alive. Um, but he is like he's so cool. And I love all the tattoos and I love the the yetis that work for him. They're all so funny I would just want to be him just to hang out with the yetis yes. but I think my favorite powers if I really have to think about it I like Sandman I think Sandy has some cool Ooh. powers and I like his ability to just like send people to sleep because if I could do that on the <laughs> daily just like like, <laughs> like yes. and you're just out <laughs> like go to sleep <laughs> like I don't want to see you anymore go to sleep I love Sandy too he's so funny and he's so like silent but deadly you know what I mean yeah, like he's, he's like so cute and then he's like wapow he's like an assassin I love it yeah <laughs> I also oh, like that he was the character that pitch black was the most scared of yeah like, that was interesting to me he was the one that pitch was like I need to get rid of you as soon as possible yeah right um which is funny because who ended up whooping pitches ass huh huh sandy no <laughs> No, it was, was Jack Frost. Say it was Jack Frost. It was Jack Frost. <laughs> but, but when Sandy came back, he was running. He oh, was he like, I gotta was. get out of here. Oh my gosh. He said, Abort mission, we gotta go. Um, <laughs> fall back. So did you believe any in any of these characters when you were little? I mean, obviously we talked about we believed in Santa Claus. Were you a big Easter bunny person or tooth fairy person? I definitely believed in the Easter bunny. For less time than I believed in Santa. Yeah. Santa, for some reason, was more plausible to me as a child. <laughs> and a giant Easter bunny was not. Um, but my parents also went to, like, really great lengths to, like, make the Santa thing, like, real. Like, they used yeah. my dad's work boots, like, put actual like soot on the work boots and Aww. like stomp them through the living room to make footprints like they went all out with santa yeah. so like they kept that alive for a while easter bunny yes they did for a bit like they would put like dirt in the house as if mm -hmm. like a bunny had like jumped in the house Aww. but i don't know i didn't believe in the easter bunny for very long and the tooth fairy I caught my mom putting the money under my pillow, like woke up with her hand under my pillow and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I didn't believe wow. in the tooth fairy for very long at all. It was like pretty short lived. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I will say like Santa, like you said, was definitely like the most consistent that I believe yeah. in. Because like we would go from my pop pop's house and we would race santa home and my parents would be like oh i see his sleigh in the sky like they would have this whole thing played out where they would be like i see his sleigh knowing damn well it's like a boeing <laughs> like, <laughs> like seriously um it's an airplane and they're like oh that's rudolph's nose and it's like no that's just literally the lights on the plane you're like six years old and you're like, like oh yes, my god <laughs> exactly like those are the landing gears but i don't care and then the Easter Bunny, I don't know if I ever was, like, huge into the Easter Bunny, um, but I do remember waking up on Easter morning and, like, looking for eggs throughout the house and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, because money, candy, hello. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the Tooth Fairy? I think I was bigger on the Tooth Fairy than the Easter Bunny. Oh, interesting. Like, my dad showed me a few years ago, and he literally saved a letter that I wrote to the Tooth Fairy. Like, Aww. I apparently wrote the Tooth Fairy 
the tooth fairy a letter when my last baby tooth came out and I was like thank you so much for all that you did for me I love Aww. you this is my last baby tooth so I won't be needing you anymore and my he heart. literally like kept it he also kept the tooth which is really creepy a lot of parents do that they keep your baby teeth yeah it's gross teeth creep me out I don't know maybe I'll feel different when I like have kids but like I I don't know that I could keep teeth because I just think of like the scene in the movie where she's like, look at all the teeth yes. with the little like blood and gums and yes. stuff. And I'm, and I'm like, that's all I think about. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like as a kid, you, we all knew that one kid in your class, that one kid that would have the loose tooth and he would be like, <laughs> and like make it do that <laughs> stupid thing where it goes back and forth. And that made it so gross for me. Like, yeah, I... If I could, I would have sucker punched that kid. But oh my gosh, like that just ruins it for me. Now I feel like if I'm ever a parent one day and my kids like my tooth are loose or whatever, I'm going to be like, okay, go away. Like just pull it out yourself. Yeah, that's what I used to do. I used to just pull it out myself. Yeah. But yeah. And then the Sandman, I don't think I ever even cared for the Sandman. I don't think I ever even thought of it. I think like... More than anything, I just hear Jack Frost in songs and I would see movies with Jack Frost in it, like the claymation movies and stuff. So those two, yeah, those two were kind of meh. Yeah, I don't think I ever believed in them. And then Pitch Black, the Boogeyman, wasn't oh. all, also wasn't really on my radar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, what's really interesting is, you know what I noticed? Hmm. I don't know if you remember the Santa Claus 2 but yeah. in the Santa Claus 2, they have a meeting of essentially what are yeah. all of the Guardians. And they're like the same characters. Like they're all pretty much the same people. Yeah. Except obviously like the Tooth Fairy looks different. Easter Bunny looks different. Santa right. looks different. What have you. But I thought that was really interesting. And I was almost curious if Santa Claus 2 also got their inspiration from like the same book and the same Maybe. concept. But I thought it was really funny because when we were watching it, I was telling Tyler, I was like, these are literally all the same characters. Yeah. I mean, I would love to read the books and see how different it is because I did read a few things that seemed interesting, like like how apparently Pitch Black was like the only person who came before the man in the moon or whatever. Like oh. he was the only one and his daughter was Mother Nature or something like oh. that. And then... Um, there was also like Jack was the only person who was who was a person before he became a guardian in the books as well. Like Santa and all them didn't have a life before. So I'm like, I would like to see how that played out. I kind of want to read the book. <laughs> Me too, right? But yeah, I mean, I I think of that too. And I also think of like the stupid Larry the Cable Guy movie where he's like the, the tooth fairy. And it's so horrible. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that this movie was a lot of fun. Like you said, I didn't really believe in the Boogeyman growing up. I mainly like tried to hide from Jigsaw because my sisters were watching like scary movies when I was at that age. <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> so yeah, that didn't scare me as much as like the Saw movies. But so let's get into the plot about this movie. Mm -hmm. I do like how they had the man in the moon. And he's the one that like picks the the guardians or whatever. However, 
super cryptic moon just wakes people up and gives them no explanation whatsoever and just leaves them for decades and centuries just wandering that was something tyler said while we were watching it he was like he's like so this moon he didn't do crap the whole movie and he gets all the credit at the end of the movie seriously he's like when the man when the man on the moon picks you listen and it's like what what (laughs) No, he didn't say anything. He was basically like, good luck, like, <laughs> butt smack, good luck. <laughs> like, that's I it. mean, I kind of enjoyed that they did the man in the moon, like, myth or fable, because yeah. I think that's really fun. These all felt like very, like, fable characters mm-hmm. in a way. Like fairy tale. Yeah, they really felt fairy tale-esque, like, especially when you start to include things like the Sandman and Jack Frost. Like, they feel very yeah. fable myths. Like, they they feel very, like, Mother Goose, like you'd read this in a book, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that they did The Man in the Moon, though I always associate the moon as being a girl, so that was interesting. Hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was such, like, a weird, I agree, cryptic and... <laughs> odd and inconsiderate and (laughs) needs to work on his communication skills he didn't say nothing the whole movie and i guess it's supposed to be like the god entity in this movie but like he ain't saying nothing and they all just looked at him and they were like talking to him and i was like he he's not saying anything to you he's just shining like, right not- could you imagine he really like didn't do anything like he's just yeah there the moon and actually like- was just a celestial body like it had no purpose it is just a flashlight when it's dark out guys <laughs> so funny i did like how so the movie starts off with jack frost being like resurrected and then mm-hmm. he turns into jack frost no one believes in him so people are like walking through him and everything and right. then all of a sudden it cuts to today and santa's in the north pole and he sees the boogeyman who also goes by the name pitch black all over his globe because they have a globe that has lights for every kid which is also like how do you know and like <laughs> Like, is Alexa triggering this? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) It's magic. (laughs) It's creepy. (laughs) It's a breach of privacy. Anyways, so basically, yeah, he has this globe and all of a sudden the whole thing goes black because the boogeyman's there and he's like, oh no, there's a threat. Let me call all of the guardians. So Mm -hmm. they all get together and it's the Easter Bunny, Santa, Sandman tooth fairy and then they're like okay we need a new guy yeah and i mean obviously they needed a new guy because they needed some eye candy on the team guys (laughs) honestly it kind of reminded me of like the avengers when gamora's like really him and then nebula's like it was either him or a tree like (laughs) the whole time the tooth fairy is like oh i love him like he's so gorgeous But anyway, so they all end up, like, having to fight Pitch Black, the boogeyman, and yeah, so the boogeyman, like, tries to basically take over. The end. (laughs) Great summary. (laughs) End scene. I feel like my favorite side characters in this were all of Santa's. Like, Mm. I loved the Yetis. I thought the running joke of the Yeti always painting everything the wrong color was so funny. I was dying. (laughs) That was the first thing that got an actual, like, cackle out of Tyler when we were watching. And then we were both dying at how abused that poor (laughs) elf was. Like, he gets, like, knocked over and frozen and painted. And, like, he's just getting it. And they ring him. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Those were so funny. They were so funny. 
the part where they were trying to induct Jack Frost into the Guardians and he was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be a Guardian. And then the elf just like throws his his instrument down and like shoves another elf out of the way. <laughs> he like punches one of, one of them, punches the other. It was so funny. They were so cute. So um, cute. I also like just loved them in general. I thought they were so funny and I love how Santa had all of these helpers um, just around him. And I felt so bad for everyone else because I was like, I mean, Tooth Fairy has her little baby teeth. Like she has the little baby fairies and stuff. And they're so cute. Like not to be dramatic, I would die for baby tooth. I would literally give everything I have for baby tooth. She was so cute she was adorable like if it was between i'm gonna pull it back to titanic because i know how much you love titanic if it was between jack and rose on the like on the door thing and i had to choose between them and baby tooth i would push both of them yeah baby tooth though it's interesting to me that you like baby tooth because she's kind of a bird she kind of is, but she's adorable. She's a hummingbird, which they're like really cute and sweet. Yeah. And they just kind of like do their own thing, you know? And no they don't, one's they ever don't hurt died anybody. from a hummingbird attack, okay? No. If anything, that hummingbirds, I know hummingbirds are just trying to get away from us. Like, yes. they're just like, they're like, please don't touch me. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like them because they're yeah. essentially like the cats of the of bird birds. World. <laughs> they're like, if I want you to see me, I'm going to let you see me. But otherwise, I'm running. Yeah. No, they're cute. They were so cute. But then all of the other ones didn't have any helpers. And I was like, that's kind of lonely. Yeah, the Easter Bunny had the big eggs, like the yeah. big egg creatures. But Which I didn't were see... kind of creepy. Yeah, well, I didn't see that they were like doing a lot, except for yeah. the end when they came to fight. Like they kind of just seemed like they were just ushering the little eggs who all did their own thing. Like they just yeah. jumped in the river themselves and then ran out. So that also was like a really dark scene when Jack mm-hmm. comes back after being in Pitch Black's <gasps> lair. And he yeah. comes back and the eggs are just like oh. dead on the ground. Like it's yes. a massacre. And I was like, I was like, this is like dark like these were all like living like walking eggs and now they're all like crushed and like just laying in the tunnel I was like this is like the scene in Mulan when she gets over the hill and it's just like the (gasps) battlefield like it it felt like that like watching it but also it's also kind of like eerie to think about because it's like what were the eggs gonna do when they got where they were going like were they gonna die anyways and just like kids opening up carcasses to get candy and money like I don't understand I feel like the magic is that like they have legs when they're down there and then when they get to the surface like their legs like like slip like right back up inside them and they just become like regular (laughs) eggs that's how I think of it that's how I'm going to imagine it I don't want to like pick up an easter egg and and have it be like walking around with little legs I don't need to see none of that the easter bunny brings them out all of a sudden in the middle of the night all you hear is (laughs) (laughs) their little legs legs (laughs) somehow that's worse I don't know why way worse loved 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 the the little hummingbirds I thought they were so cute I loved baby tooth I love how feisty she was I like that the tooth fairy was also like a bird creature I thought that was a cool idea because I feel like the tooth fairy is always wearing like a tutu and like dumb fairy wings and looks stupid yeah and this one was like uh, she was basically just like a giant hummingbird and she looks so cool Mm -hmm. and like 
I don't know. I thought it was like a really creative way to show her. I thought it was yeah. super unique and memorable. And I also liked how much she was involved with everything. Yeah. Like, because it's so easy, like Santa does, to be like, oh, the elves make the toys. But she was like, um, she would all of a sudden think of something and then remember like, oh, we got to go to these people. We got to go to these people. You know, she was so like, she was so cool. And I also loved how... They were like, your baby teeth have your memories. And I was like, that was a cool touch as well. Very cool touch. Because I was trying to figure out what her guardian thing was. Because the Easter Bunny is Hope. Santa Mm -hmm. is Wonder. Sandman is Dreams. And then I was like, what is she? Like, what are teeth? And then she's Memories, which is a Mm -hmm. very, very cool thing. Put the blood and gum on them. Yeah. (laughs) And then Jack, of course, becomes the guardian of fun. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting how she was like, oh, I haven't actually been, you know, picking teeth from people's houses in like 400 years. And then, you know, she gets back out there and she's like, oh, I miss this. And it was interesting how it was like all of them took their duty so seriously. Like, we have to protect the children. We have to like do our jobs and bring joy. And then Jack Frost was kind of challenging that like, okay, but when have you guys actually spent time with kids? Like when have you been in the field and been up close and personal with children? And I thought that was like a really cool touch because Mm -hmm. I think it it kind of gave, I don't know, Jack had like a different perspective than everybody else. And for somebody who no one believes in, he's also the one who is literally closest to the children Mm -hmm. and like almost in a way more devoted to the children because he spends so much time with them and puts them in harm's way. Yeah. (laughs) Sends them sledding. (laughs) Um, Sledding into traffic. I thought he was, I thought he was really, really interesting in that he had that perspective and I was like I guess that would make sense like if you're doing your job for like hundreds Mm -hmm. if not thousands of years probably hundreds of years and you just kind of like lose sight of it because you are just constantly focused on like I have to get the work done I have to Mm -hmm. you know get to my end goal and then you kind of forget why you're doing it in the first place and like what got you to wanting that so I don't know I thought that was really cool and I'm glad it came from Jack as a character because I thought it was really important that he had that perspective to share with them so I don't know it was cute I thought it was such a nice touch definitely so I also loved the the Easter bunny, the Easter kangaroo, if you will. 6'1", full of fur, full yes! of power. <laughs> I loved him. And honestly, I am so tired of DreamWorks putting these man candy actors behind like the most adorable animals because when the Easter bunny at one point the kids stop believing in him and he turns into like the cutest little baby bunny it was, I was so like, cute I'm sorry why is Hugh Jackman's beautiful Australian <laughs> accent coming out of this tiny little fur baby oh my gosh they did the same thing with Puss in Boots like yeah. Antonio Banderas <laughs> behind like the cutest little cat face ever I love it <laughs> it was so adorable and I just love Australian accents I'm like I'm sorry Hugh Jackman just talked the entire time I also love that they gave him boomerangs yes I enjoyed that thoroughly <laughs> I honestly I was kind of upset that they didn't let Isla Fisher keep her Australian accent for this I guess it would have been too confusing yeah maybe having both of them have it wouldn't have made sense right let's talk about Jude Law as the boogeyman oh, oh, can we talk about Jude Law can we talk voice acting honey he was giving honey he put his whole 
heart and soul into this voice like yes he oh did. my god the like okay first of all jude law always plays a really good villain every yeah. time he plays a villain phenomenal 10 out of yeah. 10 knocks it out the park but like the way that he delivered lines in this was mm-hmm. so sinister and so well done and as much yeah. as i love jeff goldblum i know that he was considered for this role before was he jude really law, he was and I was like, yeah, I mean, I love Jeff Goldblum, but he's too like, yeah, like I can, I don't have any dreams. Like he beat too much. Jude Law was just sinister and scary. And like, I don't know, his voice was perfect for this role, in my opinion. He was very like mocking in the way that he spoke, which I loved. I love a good villain that like not only knows that they're very powerful like has that confidence but also that like mocks yeah i love it let's just talk about his voice and that deep v-cut neckline um (laughs) what was he doing he also had like the jersey shore slick back hair i was like what is like he looks like a guido i was like what is going on like why is paulie d haunting the children (laughs) the forces of evil have no rules (laughs) they could do whatever they want like why 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 does he look like every man in new jersey in july i don't understand (laughs) i just thoroughly enjoyed it i thought his character was so cool and how he used the shadows to move yeah and that his nightmares were like these creepy horses Mm -hmm. i just thought he was so fascinating and such a fun villain because at some points you kind of do feel a little bad for him like you do feel a little sympathetic you're like oh for no one to believe in you and you're not involved in anything and you have no family and no one cares about you and Mm -hmm. he like really appeals to you that way and especially to Jack being like I know what you're going through I know how you feel and then he just twists it and like turns on such a dime and you realize you know he's just playing you he doesn't actually have any like empathy in his body but I don't know Jude Law just really sold it for me I thought he was phenomenal he delivered and I mm-hmm. honestly really enjoyed him as this villain and one thing that I really liked about this and I was actually kind of confused about this the whole time but then in the end it really like they really solidified it for you was at the beginning I thought that he was the same as the guardians where like if they don't believe in him they can't see him and he was basically like it's your turn not to be believed in but then at the end you find out that he kind of loses his power when people aren't afraid of him. Like he feeds off of fear instead of belief. Right, right. Which makes sense because as a villain, as someone who's supposed to be like causing havoc and everything, like you should be feeding off of fear instead of belief. Because like the one little boy, I think his name's Jamie. Yes. Is that his name? At the end was like, I believe in you. I'm just not afraid of you. And then they couldn't see him anymore. Right, right. So that... That finally clicked. But, and then his own fear ended up like destroying him in the end, or so we think. Yeah. And how his like portal to his world was under an old like, bed. Excuse me? Why is so there a bed in the middle of the woods over a hole? I mean, that's where the boogeyman is. He's under your bed. And I think it's supposed to be like the first bed he ever like hid under and so creepy so creepy but so good because you always think about like the boogeyman's under your bed or in your closet I just think about last week when I was in Florida and there was a random couch in the middle of like the street or whatever (laughs) like 
why is there just a random bed in the middle of the woods and not even like a bed (laughs) but just the frame like it's literally just wood in the middle of the woods it's the original bed (laughs) it is and it's creepy yeah so i will say the one thing that drove me nuts about this movie um and however much i like him in this role um, one thing that kind of takes me out of this movie is how many monologues they give the boogeyman and how long they are. Oh, okay. Because the boogeyman in this movie, like, he's very good. There's a few parts where as he's talking, you're seeing flashbacks and you're seeing what's happening at the moment. But he talks for like minutes at a time and he has like these super long monologues and he's like it's your turn not to be believed in and then all of a sudden like the easter bunny starts throwing a boomerang at him and i'm like you let this man talk for a good five minutes before you decided to attack it's just it's one of those things where it's like why i feel like this movie could have been so much shorter had his monologues been cut a little shorter. Yeah, see, his monologues didn't take me out of it. What took me out of it was the fact that Chris Pine has too old of a voice for Jack, in my opinion. Like, Mm. Chris Pine was like 32, 33 when he recorded this, and Jack Frost is clearly supposed to be like a teenager. Yeah, he's supposed to be like 14 (laughs) or something, like 14 or 15. And just I love Chris Pine and I know this was the era of like Star Trek so he was getting Mm. like really big and was becoming very popular and a leading man but his voice is just too old for it and I don't mind his voice I think Chris Pine has a velvety voice and he is a very appealing sound but I don't know sometimes I'd be watching it and I'd be like it's just such an older voice for such a young character and that would take me out of it sometimes see that didn't really I didn't mind that that much because I feel like the way that they drew Jack I kind of saw him as more of like a 20 year old like 21 if that Um, like he kind of seemed like a young adult and it's funny that they almost casted like Leonardo DiCaprio as him because I feel like isn't Leo like the same age as Chris Pine if not older he's older so I'm like why are all these old like, actors because they asked the executive producer and the director and both of yeah. them said that he's supposed to be like a teenager like he's supposed to be mm. young and so I'm like why were we casting like grown men for this role like right because Ty- Tyler and I were talking when we were watching it and he was like who would be a better voice for this and I was like if this was made today Tom Holland would be this voice oh for sure Tom Holland would have this in the bag it would be yeah. no question so I don't know. It would have to be just a younger voice. But I mean, like I said, I don't mind Chris Pine's voice. I think he has an amazing voice. I enjoy listening to him. It was just sometimes I'd be watching him and I'd be like, you are a child. (laughs) Why (laughs) do you sound like you have a 401k? (laughs) I know. I feel like the real test would have been whose voice could we listen to without wanting to kill for baby tooth? Like, (laughs) who would we not sacrifice in an event for baby tooth? fair (laughs) tom holland is is a good choice yeah um but yeah it's so funny it's like why 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 like why did they choose these old men but at the same time i feel like it wasn't that bad because i also kind of was hoping that he would be a little older because of how they tried to like have the tooth fairy have a crush on him at one point and stuff and i was like okay that would be weird if she's swooning over like a 14 year old but I'm also like, how old is she? How old is the Tooth Fairy supposed to be? Right. Like, what's her age? I I have like, questions. I have many make questions. Sense. <laughs> make time make sense in this world. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that Jack with the kids was really cute. I thought that his whole thing where 
I think Jamie was like, I don't know if I believe anymore. Like he's talking his his bunny toy and he's like, give me a sign. And Jack like puts frost on the on the window and he draws a bunny. And then he's like, it's you. You're here. That whole part was so cute and so so sad. And I also love how Jamie put it together that that wasn't the Easter Bunny. You know, I love that he was smart enough to realize like this person's drawing a bunny. It's snowing. (laughs) Obviously, that's not the Easter Bunny's powers, you know? So, like, then he finally sees Jack, and Jack is so excited, and it made me so happy. Yes, and then Jamie's also the one that he makes fly with the sled and, like, Mm -hmm. goes on an adventure with. He tries to murder him, yeah. Yeah, and it really, like I said, it really just makes me happy that Jack was the one who, like, had these really close relationships with the children, and he was the one that was, like no kids are so great and like you have to be up close to them and yeah I don't know I just really enjoyed how how much he interacted with the kids and like the bond he had because they kind of paint him at the beginning you know when the Easter Bunny's talking about him how he doesn't care about anybody he doesn't care about kids he's you know reckless and irresponsible and you know selfish and what have you and then it's like a totally different picture when you see him actually you know interacting with kids he has so much fun with them and he's really all about the children and so I don't know. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that part of his character. And he's very irresponsible, but he's a lot of fun. Yeah, like, but he actually cares, you know, like he doesn't want yeah. any of the kids to get hurt. And I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought that was a really nice way because they could have made him this arrogant character who just didn't yeah. care about anybody. But then you actually see him and it's like, no, he actually really does. And I don't know. I'm glad that they made his character like that because it could have been so easy to make him the hot shot who doesn't give a crap about anybody. Right. And I especially like the part where, I mean, you can kind of tell that he actually cares too, because he was like, I don't want to be a guardian, but I'm still going to help you guys. Yeah. You know, like he's like, I don't want that commitment. Oh, like I have a commitment phobia, but (laughs) uh, I guess I'll stick around because I'm lonely. Which I liked. And I I love the scene where they help the tooth fairy deliver the, like, collect the teeth and then deliver presents and stuff. That whole <laughs> scene is so much fun. So I love that fun. they're like, they're like, we had to leave presents. Like, they all forget. They just collected teeth the entire time. Um, <laughs> and then you see, like, Christmas trees come up. And at one point, they're at a laundromat, like, getting Getting coins. coins. <laughs> yes. It was so funny. When Santa um, plugs in the Christmas tree. <laughs> Yes. I can't deal. It's so funny. It was so good. Um, and then after that, Pitch has like the biggest win of his whole entire career. Like his whole entire mayhem life. He murders our man, Samman. That was a really traumatic scene. I remember when I first watched it, like that was really sad. And I'm saying traumatic, like I wasn't like 18 years yeah. old watching this movie. But <laughs> it touched my soul. It, it was just, it's, it's an intense scene and it's, it's pretty dark it even for kids to watch. Like it's, it's kind of a lot and it's really, really scary during that scene. And I think that was the scene that really made Tyler and I go, okay, what age group is this movie for? Yeah. Because I feel like, yeah, like little kids like Maya can watch it if they can conceptualize the idea of like these characters. Uh, like five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, all five-year-olds. <laughs> like some kids, I think if when they get to like five-ish is probably yeah. a good age to start watching this because Tyler was like, maybe like when they're eight and I'm like, I think five and six-year-olds could watch this and yeah. enjoy it. I think you kind of age out of it by like 12-ish. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, you'd have to be an older kid. This isn't a movie for like, two or three year olds like I feel like they'd get really scared of pitch black like yeah. he, he's kind of spooky 
he is kind of spooky. Um, I completely agree, but also Sophie's kind of spooky. Like, she looks like she bites. <laughs> Sophie's a little girl who, like, wanders into the Easter Bunny's world and has, like, has clearly not brushed her hair in, like, years. She is the most harmless child, and she is so cute. <laughs> she looks like she bites. You know, um, I feel like, like... willingly. I feel like she just wants to pet a bunny. <laughs> she just wants to pet, and don't we all? <laughs> and, like, at one point, the Easter Bunny was like, okay, you little ankle biter. And I was like, he knows from experience. <laughs> like, he knows. But, yeah, I, I will say the only other thing that I will say about this movie that I didn't enjoy as much was how quickly the Guardians began to, like, crumble when people stopped believing in them. Like... For example, you see, like, two kids stop believing in them, and then all of a sudden, like, the tooth fairy starts shedding. Or, like, the f- there's, like, five kids at the end. I think Jamie and his friends, who, like, help them out and everything. And all of a sudden, they all get their strength back when the five kids start believing in them. And I'm like, how, do- like, how does this work? Is it that fast? Like, you lose ten kids, and all of a sudden, you're shedding? Or, like the opposite effect like all of a sudden five kids believe in you and you're back to being six feet tall and like a killer with boomerangs you know that part I was like what is going on yeah I mean I felt like they were losing their powers because it was way more than like 10 kids it was supposed to be like kids around the world like so like thousands and thousands of children not believing in them anymore and so that made sense to me but yeah the getting Mm -hmm. the strength back when only like a few kids believe was like it was not proportional. <laughs> yeah. Like to like, not at it's all. like, yes, I understand if thousands and thousands of children stop believing in you, you start to like feel the effects of that, if not millions of children. And, but then like, if it only takes like 10 for you to like go back to like full strength, like what? Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the juice right here? I'm confused. <laughs> exactly. And then like at that same part where they get their powers back, Sandman comes back out of nowhere and it's like for, like how did he come back I mean I get like I just didn't understand how he came back all of a sudden as well and went like super saiyan on everyone because he <laughs> had like Goku hair the entire time um but that part I mean I was like first of all DreamWorks F you for messing with my emotions like that like I was so sad when he died well I think the kids brought him back right because they start touching the nightmares and turning them into dreams and Sandman <gasps> is the dreams oh yeah and so the kids do that and so maybe that's also why everybody got their powers back so quickly because the kids are turning everything into dreams and then making Ooh. kids around the world start to believe again and so then that like, and they can dream about Santa exactly and Easter Bunny. It okay we it. solved it guys we did it we are don't worry we are detectives put us on any case we are (laughs) nancy drew we are the bridge to terabithia we are we are not the bridge to terabithia we are not don't you put that devil on us (laughs) don't you put that on me ricky bobby yeah we we're doing great i'm so proud of us Yeah, so overall, I really loved this whole movie. I thought the animation was cool. I think the kids' faces were a little wonky, but even then, it wasn't that bad. I really liked the whole idea about this movie. I thought it was so creative and so fun. And my favorite part of the entire movie is when Sandy makes a comeback and like like all of a sudden you see stingrays and you oh, see yeah. like giant dinosaurs mm-hmm. and I thought the animation in that part was so pretty. Yeah, but honestly, the last thing that I have to say about this movie is how lazy the Guardians are because 
three out of five of them can fly. Yet they <laughs> all ride in Santa's sleigh the entire time. I'm just saying. Sometimes you just got to hop in your best friend's ride. Sometimes you just got to you got to pile in road trip together. I mean, I guess it just kind of <laughs> seems like I don't know. I don't know. It kind of seemed like Santa didn't need the whole sleigh. Like he could have just used like one reindeer, but I don't know. I feel like they needed it because they had to go into the portal together. So they all needed to be together to go in the portal. Like you're not going to fly to the other world. I mean, I guess. (laughs) I really like this movie. I was very surprised about how much I still enjoyed it. Like I said, I haven't seen it since it literally came out. So I Mm -hmm. went into this just with the memories of like, yeah, I remember liking it, but I literally don't remember anything about it. (laughs) And yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised and I laughed multiple times watching this movie. I thought it was hilarious (laughs) and I thought it was super cute and super clever and just like a really wholesome movie. And I didn't realize it took place over Easter, which I thought was like really funny for some reason in my brain. I was like, it's taking place over Christmas and like, nope, it takes place in the springtime. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's so funny. There was one part where the Easter bunny said something like you made it snow on Easter this one year. And it's funny because that year there actually was a huge, there actually was. Yeah. (laughs) I said blister. And then I said like, buzzard i don't even know what's going on close enough Um, blizzard (laughs) (laughs) buzzer um there was a huge blizzard that year but yeah i thought that this movie was really cute yeah i agree and i loved the dedication at the end like i thought that was really sweet as well really really sweet yeah very touching are you ready to get into the critic ratings let's do it so for our critic ratings rise of the guardians received a 7.2 out of 10 on imdb a 74% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an 80% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. Now it is our turn to rate this 2012 holiday film on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this film is full of magic. It's a fun concept that is beautifully constructed and I will never get tired of watching this. F minus meaning this film took forever to get through. It was cheesy as hell and I will not be rewatching this. Maybe I'll recommend it to my enemies, but certainly not anyone I care about. (laughs) Based on this rating scale, how would you rate Rise of the Guardians? I think Rise of the Guardians is an A minus. I would watch oh, this yay. again. I would absolutely watch this again of my own volition. Yay! It's super cute. Like I said, there's a couple things that kind of take you out of it, but it's just really well done and it's adorable and it's funny and yeah, I would totally watch it. Maybe not as like my immediate comfort film right. to watch, but absolutely would just put this on just to just to view. What about you? I completely agree. I think this is perfect as an A minus, mainly because a lot of the time I wouldn't turn to this primarily to watch something like feel good, to watch something like holiday. I thought that this was a really cute film, especially to do right now, because there aren't many Thanksgiving films at all out there. Um, So I think that it's cute that this is like a combination of a bunch of holidays as well. And then... I will say I loved all the characters. I loved everything about it. But just the monologues took a little long. Just a lot of talking and not a lot of like showing what's going on. Um, And overall, it's a really solid movie. But it definitely is one that I would have to like go a while without seeing to appreciate it again. 
You go another 10 years like I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll go like another six months. (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, thanks for joining us. If you don't already, go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. Thanks for sitting through our first 20 minutes of rambling, guys. We appreciate (laughs) you always and forever. Next week, the peppermint floodgates are open. Y'all know what it is. (laughs) It's time to deck the halls, jingle all the bells. We're kicking the holidays off with a review of the 1983 film, A Christmas Story. Ugh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's a pink nightmare and we are ready. We are ready. You guys know this is our favorite countdown of the year, so we're pumped. (laughs) We are so excited and it's literally like never ending, guys. It's never ending gonna end literally i've already started christmas movies yes i'm so excited (laughs) all right well in the meantime have a safe and happy thanksgiving if you're celebrating if not have a wonderful thursday and we hope you at least get to enjoy some time off of work definitely have a safe week guys and take care all right bye guys bye